Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. I mean, beverages, watching a big game, it can't get any better. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. So I'm getting acclimated here to North Jersey, Mike, and I went to this place. It's in Montclair. I don't know if you've ever been to Montclair, Jersey, but I said, let's go to Slice. I have been to Montclair. Slice of Pizza. I went to this little indie theater, Claridge Cinemas. It's great. Went and saw this movie called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Excellent movie. Huge hit at Sundance. So I see a pizza place. I'm like, oh, let me go check this out. I had like a big ZD slice of pizza. Like I looked at it. Oh I my go, God. It was incredible. Like it was carb on carb violence. Like you tell me as a proud Italian, would you ever do that? You're mixing up your pasta and your pizza. I mean, it's unbelievable. You want to see carb violence come to Ocean City. Like there's people <laughs> eating pizza and French fries at the same time. People actually put French fries on their pizza. Like like my grandson, Dominic, I mean, he might have to go to carb rehab in about <laughs> by the time he's five years old. I mean, every time I see him, he's eating bread. You know, it's like, I mean, it's in the genes. I guess it can't help it. But the this whole North Jersey. I mean, see, you got to understand, like gravy in Jersey, it, people it, like people call it sauce. In Jersey, we call it gravy. It's red, even though it doesn't have any meat in it. It's like, how's the gravy taste? The gravy's good. You know, like you could see Uncle Junior sitting there. Gravy's good today, and he's dunking his bread in the gravy. Like, there's nothing better than that. When I was a kid coming home, and and your grandmother was cooking, and you could just take really good bread and dunk it into the gravy. That was the best part. Ugh. But you're going to experience right. it all. North Jersey has everything. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And, and the thing people don't understand about North Jersey is North Jersey is all New York. South Jersey is all Philly. Yeah. And it, and it and it changes so much. But you celebrated Canada Day. So what is Canada Day? Explain this to me. So the equivalent of Independence Day in America, Canada Day is Canada's independence. 1867 is when Canada originated. So think about that. 1776 America, Canada Day, 1867, a country of polite people, friendly, respectful, clean, neat. That's our contribution to world society here, Mike. That and poutine. There you go. And that's perfect. And being polite and being kind would not be the segue. It would be, okay, not the perfect segue into Mitchell Trubisky and how we're going to handle him. <laughs> but that's where we're going to go because MVP conversation right now, you and I have talked about this. You, you said you've heard people say that Trubisky somehow could be the best quarterback of the NFC North, which is insane. People just forgetting about Aaron Rodgers. But how's this? You like betters? We'll talk a little gambling. Trubisky right now, a 75 to 1 shot to an MVP. At one point, 200 to 1. But what do you make of those odds? Good odds? Bad odds? Would you put five, five down on Trubisky? I mean, here's what I don't understand. Who's betting Trubisky? Like, I could see taking $1,000, right? Yeah. And saying, okay, I'm going to bet Mahomes for 100. I'm going to bet Rogers. I'm going to just, sp I'm spinning the wheel. Yeah. But like, who's betting Trubisky? Like, what, like, for me, betting is, I think betting is because this dirty turn to it, which is completely wrong. Betting is no different than analytics. And I think that guy on Jeopardy, 
proved it, right? Uh, Holtzauer, James Holtzauer, who's a big analytics I mean, guy, yeah. Right. He's, you know, he's not even allowed to go in casinos. I mean, it's all about being smart. And when you look at Trubisky, how is it being sm- what, what evidence are you looking at? Now, people say, Lombardi, you just hate Trubisky. Well, you know, that that's <laughs> stop. Enough of that. Like, I'm not a fan. All right. I'm an analyst. I'm not a fan. Like, show me why. Like, his road record last year, forget his, re- his performance on the road. Okay. His performance over 20 yards, his performance in the fourth quarter. When you look at Trubisky in the fourth quarter, you're like, okay, MVPs in the fourth quarter dominate. And you're sitting there saying, like, really, seriously, you're going to bet this guy, you know, when he's on the road, he's got, you know, he's four fumbled on the road. He's averaged seven one one yards per attempt. Now, think about this. If he's going to be the MVP, AD, he's going to have to go on the road. He's going to have to win in Denver. He's going to have to win in Washington. Okay, I beat them up. Oakland, he's got to go to Philly. He's got to play the Rams. And then he's got Detroit, Green Bay, and Minnesota. That's his road record. I mean, like, tell me what you're doing. Like, reverse engineer it. Like, okay, I want to bet Trubisky. Great. But tell me why. Is it because of the infatuation with young quarterbacks? You say, why can't Trubisky do what Mahomes did? Young quarterback, he's got a year, he's learning the system better. Bears have more weapons. Do, do people just get seduced by the idea? It's like the sexy young model. Hey, the young quarterback, look at that shiny convertible over there. Is that what it is, you think? Yeah, I, no, what I think it really is deep down is I think we have a hard time. When I used to get on the team plane, Al Davis would call me over and say, oh, fuck, kid, do you, do you know why we won today? Or do you know why we lost? I think people in fans and I think people in sports have a hard time figuring out why they win and why they lose. I think when you can figure out why you win and why you lose, most of the time in the NFL, people on Monday, most of the teams spend so much time studying. They spend the morning studying the game they just played and then they get right into their next week's opponent. Where for me, like if you really spend all day Monday figuring out why you win, why you lose, then you can set your week accordingly to how you're going to go. But I think too often people don't understand why you win. The Bears did not win because Trubisky carried them. That's not why they won. Great defense. Great defense, opportunistic defense, you know, made enough plays on offense, you know, but the guy in the playoff game at home, now I know they missed the kick and all that, but the reality of it was he averaged seven yards per attempt. He threw it 45 times. He didn't really make a difference in the game. Will he get better? Sure. But that's not why they won 12 games last year. He was a conduit to the wins. He wasn't the reason for the wins. And I think we really – we really screw this up. And I think it's one of the reasons why teams draft bad. I think it's one of the reasons why people can't get better from year to year. What would be the biggest difference maker for Trubisky to make a giant leap? Right now, he's an average quarterback, a little above average, if you could say. What would make him a true great quarterback? Is it the fourth quarter, completion percentage? What, what is it for you? It's, it's his ability to be able to hit shots under pressure. He's no different than the golfer that can win the Hartford Open, but he's going to have to win a, an Open, a, a major tournament to be able to do that, right? We see this all the time. Speaking of golfers, like, is Ricky Fowler like the ultimate of all time? Seriously. Like, <laughs> at every, we're, in the British Open, we're going to see pitcher Ricky. He'll shoot 68 one day, and then he'll shoot 75, 75, 75. Right. Like, that to me is Trubisky. Like, Trubisky and Ricky Fowler are kind of similar. Like, at some point, you got to play – now Trubisky's younger. You got to play great in a pressure moment. You got to lead your team back. You got to be able to say, "Okay, I'm leading this team." And in that pressure, is the swings got to be able to hold up. Right. In Trubisky's case, his ability to be accurate has to hold up. Right now, he's an athlete playing quarterback. He's not a great quarterback who's an athlete. That's a big difference. And I think that's the challenge. And can he overcome it? I don't know. Like I've never seen great quarterbacks overcome 
Two things. They don't overcome toughness and they don't overcome accuracy, a lack of accuracy. If you're not tough, you can't overcome that. That's where Jared Goff's going to have to prove he can play tougher, right? I mean, he's what Jared Goff is 60 to 1 odds to win it. Baker Mayfield's 25 to 1. You talk about jumping on the Baker. Now, that's the Baker Mayfield machine now, right? And, and, and then, and this, and this guy's, but people bet him down. Like, you wonder why. You know, next time you go to Vegas for one of these fights for DAZN, yeah, like just just look at the buildings and re- and just say thank you, Mitchell. Tr- They're all saying thank you, Mitchell Trubisky, for people being stupid enough to bet on him being the MVP. <laughs> I will definitely pass it along to all those casino owners. Um, how about the college football player? And by the way, last thought on the Bears. You and I both think they could be in trouble because you and I are both big fans of Vic Fangio, who, the DC, who's now the Broncos head coach. So Trubisky better step up because that defense may not be as good, right? No, absolutely. I think he's going to have to really make the difference. And maybe that's why people think he'll be the MVP. I would take, to me, I would go for Ben Roethlisberger's the MVP. I wrote a column for The Athletic where it basically was a dot, dot, dot column, like where you fill in the blanks. Okay, so, you know, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be able to do dot, dot, dot. I think they're going to, I think Big Ben's going to have a great year. I think his back's to the wall. I would, I would lay 100 bucks on Ben Roethlisberger to win the MVP. I mean, I would never bet on anybody who's never really won big games. Like, would you bet $100 on Matthew Stafford? I love him to death, but I mean, and I hope he, oh, everything happens for his family. But in a pressure game, I mean, do you, are you going to bet on that? Like, seriously, yeah. at what point? Like, guys that make shots in the final part of the game, like Phillip Rivers is 14-1. to I think that's a fairly good bet, right? Yeah, I think so. He's obviously proven himself before, hasn't lost much as far as accuracy. Chargers were a great team a year ago. Sure. I mean, Wentz is ten to one. Landry Luck's eight to one. I mean, Mahomes obviously is four to one odds. So you can't bet that. But I, if you're going to take a long shot, to me, the long shot is I take Ben Roethlisberger. I like it. Definitely a veteran who's proved it in the past, as you said. Feels like he's got something to prove the way Antonio Brown was knocking him. College football playoff odds here. No surprise. Alabama and Clemson, both nine to four odds to win once again. What gets interesting is when you look at Mike, some of the other teams, you go, okay, Georgia's at six to one, Michigan at twelve to one, Ohio State fourteen to one, Oklahoma sixteen to one, LSU twenty to one. So Michigan, Harbaugh, for all the, the criticism he's gotten, he's actually got the fourth best odds in the country to win a national championship with Michigan yeah I mean look I look I don't know how Clemson is in the favorite with Trevor Lawrence I mean he's the separator I now look I understand Alabama has a great quarterback too but to me Trevor Lawrence is unbelievable LSU at 20 to 1 my man Ed Orgeron I mean did you see they hired John Robinson as a consultant mm-hmm. and they promoted it Orgeron great guy but he sounds like he's Billy Bob Thornton in Sling Blade like that voice is just <laughs> unbelievable I just couldn't take anything seriously he's telling me like I, John Robinson was hasn't been involved with the game in 10 years <laughs> rams like when was the last job he was really i think it was unlv oh, yeah it was right. unlv yeah, he right. was a you're unlv right. and i mean if he's is he going to come in and teach the usc sweep you know the best <laughs> used to be the best used to be when bill walsh used to when we would play the rams when the rams were good and robinson was the coach yeah you know and and, and walsh would stand in front of the team and just say eric is coming Eric is coming and he would like plead with the team like all we have to do is stop Eric Dickerson from running the football we moved Ronnie Lott think about this we moved Ronnie Lott from from corner to safety just so we could beat up on Eric Dickerson (laughs) in one game we moved him over because we weren't we put Dwight Hicks at corner yeah. Think about the divergent thinking of Bill Walsh. Like, okay, the only way to hurt hurt me is this way. It's like it's the whole thing about what people don't understand about the 
the, the reason why some coaches are so successful and some aren't is, A, they figure out why they win and why they lose. Mm. And, B, they also figure out what the non-obvious is. Right. And the non-obvious was, okay, I, I can't let Dickerson beat me. And if Dwight Hicks is my free safety, he might run him over. So I'll put my best tackler at safety. Like right. how, how smart is that? Right. Mm-hmm. And yet nobody really does it all the time. But going back, I like, I, I mean, my man, Ed Orgeron just shocks me. Like where, and where do you come up with this? And then you promote it. <laughs> like what's John going to do in the passing game? <laughs> I mean, do you realize oh. there's been three passing games since John's retired? Well, I bet saying what do you think about LSU? You go, they never have a quarterback. I mean, since the beginning of time, that team, great defense. They can run the football. They never have a quarterback. All of a sudden, John Robinson going to come in there and all of a sudden they're going to develop a quarterback. It's just it, death Valley. It never happens. It never yeah. rains at tiger stadium and they never have a good quarterback. <laughs> that, that's right. And how about this Nebraska at 30 to one? Now, there's a guy, Scott Frost. you got to right. give Scott Frost some love here. I mean, Scott Frost is – I mean, to take that program where it was two years ago and now it's the 30-1 to 1 to go, you know, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, the Sooners are only 16-1. to 1. Uh, You know, nobody yeah. knows what they really have. Mm-hmm. Like, at this time last year, nobody knew who Kyler Murray was going to be a great player. They, right. You know, they knew his talent. They didn't know he was going to be a great player. Right. Like, to me, that, that that's kind of an interesting thing. Michigan, I think Georgia's a sleeping giant because I think Georgia's so good. They get so many great players that uh, I, I think they could, they're going to be, they're going to be a tough, tough out. Yeah, they really are. There. Kirby Smart, really good head coach. Nick Saban, disciple. So obviously you learn from the master, you figure things out. Here's an interesting topic for us to dissect to. XFL versus NFL. As we take a look at this, Mike, the difference with the rule changes they're going to have here. And by the way, you've said you think the XFL is going to be successful. They've learned from the mistakes in the past. They've got deep pockets, something different. I'm going to read to you a few of these ideas. You tell me which one you like. Multiple forward passes. The XFL solution is to redefine the forward pass. Offensive players will be allowed to throw multiple forward passes as long as they don't travel beyond the line of scrimmage. Once a pass travels beyond the line of scrimmage, all other forward passes will be illegal. You a fan? Uh, you know, that, that it, it really helped. That's more of helps the official, right? So it's like, as long as it's behind the line, it doesn't have to be backwards as long as it's behind the line. Now, John Harbaugh probably would hate that rule because I could still remember in a playoff game when we did the, when we did the unbalanced line and we did the pay, he was going berserk. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's really, that clears up the official. Don't have to worry whether it was it a forward or backward pass. Right. You know, okay. now I think the other thing it does in this case though, AD is I mm-hmm. think it puts all those bubble passes become become their run option at the start and their run option and their run their RPOs at the start and their RPOs again when they get the ball. So you have a double RPO. You right. follow me? So yeah, I do. the guy the guy catches the ball, now he can throw it. So to me, the multiple forward pass, I wrote this in Gridiron Genius. I really think there's going to be an offense in football where there's two Deshaun Watsons on the field. I really think there's going to be, and this allows it to happen even more because now if you have Deshaun Watson playing receiver and Deshaun Watson playing quarterback, right? You run it, you run, you throw the ball to the second Deshaun Watson. He can either run it or he can has run pass option out there. I mean, this challenges, this really challenges the defensive coaches. And what it really forces you to do to play a lot of press coverage because you got to go attack the passer right away. You can't let him stand back there and disperse the defense. I think it's kind of interesting. 
That is interesting because you're right. You think so much about specialization in football, but this time you're looking at versatility. How about a three-point conversion? After scoring a touchdown, teams will have three options. A conversion on a scrimmage play from the two-yard line will be worth one point. A conversion from the five-yard line worth two points. And a conversion from the 10-yard line worth three points. I I like this one. I think this is kind of cool. I like it too. I do. I think it's the ABA rule coming in. Wasn't the ABA (laughs) the first team that had the three-point line, right? It is. You're right. Yeah, back in the 70s. I mean, you know, the, the Virginia Squires come right back in. Dr. J, I, I kind of like it. I mean, it it allows you to now. I like any time it forces the coaches to have to think about how many possessions are left in a game. Like I think where fans really screw up, I think TV people don't do, educate us enough. Is in the fourth quarter, time is on the clock, right? There's five minutes on the clock. In your head, there's how many plays on the clock, right? How many plays are in this game left, right? And when you By add, way, I'm this laughing. To- I'm thinking of Andy Reid and clock management. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, go back. People say, you know, they didn't get the ball in overtime. That's why they lost. No, they had the ball first and 10 at the Patriots 30 with three minutes to go in the game. And he threw two incomplete passes and he gave Tom Brady 240 to go to score to beat him. You know, like really seriously, you know, like it was because you didn't get the ball in overtime. I mean, seriously. Anyway, I like it where it it forces you to think about chess. I mean, one of the great Belichick stories people don't really talk much about. We talk about the Malcolm Butler play where, you know, we never ran that defense all year. It's the first time we ran goal line, big goal line, and Butler came, it was three corners. And so that the time when we were getting ready to play the Texans, right, I'm sorry, when we were getting ready to play the Falcons at in Houston, Belichick had two five-minute periods at the end of, of Thursday and Friday for two-point plays. In case we got ahead by 19 and needed to make a 21, he was thinking ahead in terms of being able to understand that we need to get this. We might need to make it a three-point play. And this kind of stuff, these three-point conversions, brings more of that into the preparation. Again, you got to figure out what you're going to do. I I like it. I I like both things so far. Yeah. How about this one then? The comeback period. In the XFL, the clock will stop after every play during the final two minutes of each half. The goal, of course, is to not only increase the number of games that are decided in the final minutes, but also hold the audience's attention longer, no matter the actual probability of a comeback. So the comeback period, the clock stopping after every play during the final two minutes. You like Well, I think what it does is eliminates, you know, now all of a sudden when Andy Reid blows his two challenges in the first quarter and doesn't have any timeouts left for the two minute drive, he's fine now. He doesn't really, you know, (laughs) it takes away anything about having a, I don't like this one as much because I think the coach's job, the head coach's job is to put his team in position to be able to manage that final period. And I think when you look at the great teams in the league, if you look at great teams, they have different kinds of two-minute drills. They have different kind. So you have a slow two-minute, you have a fast two-minute, you have a regular tempo four-minute. It depends on like when you got your team out there, like say you're Andy Reid and you have the ball first and and 10 at, at the Patriots 30, you should run your regular offense at that point. Because your clock is as much as your opponent as 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 the thing. You're not shouldn't be in a rush to score. And it's the same thing on two-minute drives. Like you get the ball, you this takes away the clock being your opponent because now the clock is gonna stop. I think it makes it too easy for the coaches. 
Support for GM Shuffle comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website. Choose a template you love and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. Want even more for your website? You can easily start a blog, launch an online store, or create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with CEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. Isn't that great? Yeah, over 150 million people choose Wix to create their website. Create yours today. You can get started right away by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash the GM Shuffle to get 10% off. That's W-I-X.com slash the GM Shuffle to get 10% off. All right, this is the best time of the year for any sports fan. The college basketball tournament is coming up. Who could get enough hoops? And I'm rooting for Arizona this year. I'm a West Coast guy. I want to see a West Coast team win it. Hasn't been done since 1997. Hopefully the Wildcats can get it done. But regardless of who makes it to the final game in the tourney, one thing's for certain. It takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at this level. And if you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. And right now, our friends over at ZipRecruiter can help you do that. ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. You can try it out, no cost whatsoever. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for your position. Once you review your list of the most qualified candidates, you can easily invite your top choices to apply so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a win team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Next topic of conversation, Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott is going to meet with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell in New York. Uh, he'll discuss the May incident in Vegas. For a reminder for everybody, Zeke was briefly detained by police. A player can be subject to penalty under personal conduct policy without arrest. Uh, your best guess, Mike, if you talk to anybody about the situation, do you think Zeke gets punished? Uh, I mean, if you're going to meet the commissioner, there's something going on, obviously. I, I And, you know, Jerry went berserk when he got suspended the last time. I think, to me, if there's any ruling on Elliott that comes before Tyreek Hill, like if, if Elliott gets suspended and Tyreek Hill doesn't, I mean, like, I, I don't understand that at all. I, I don't get that one. So to me, I, I, I don't have a read. Like, I think any time – this is the hardest part. If you're an executive in the league or a head coach, from this time until the 15th of July, you're worried like crazy. You know, we just saw <laughs> – It's true. Because – because you got guy, you know everybody's going to be on the lake. Somebody's going to everybody's going to be at the beach or the ocean or the lake somewhere. You know you got boating accidents. You're just worried that that phone call is going to come in in the middle of the night. Like, hey, I was in a boating accident or I got in a fight in a bar. I mean, you see Kareem Hunt. His yeah. name's in the paper again. I love Dorsey. Dorsey says, you know, we did our homework on Kareem Hunt. You were in you were in Kansas City, right? When he lied to you, and now you're telling everybody you did a homework. Like, come on, and people let him get away with it. It's amazing how people get away with crap, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, to me, you're worried about this. Just keep, like, to me, like, I never, uh, Mike Shanahan did this years ago. He would bring the team back right around the 4th of July for their official official minicamp. 
because he wanted to see where his team was two weeks before training camp opened up. I think that's probably a much better way to do it. We let this month go by, five weeks, and you God only knows where they go. God yeah. only knows. Like, you know, Michael Pierce can gain probably 50 pounds in an hour. You know, you just hope <laughs> they, they come back in some kind of shape. Uh, one of the one here for you involving off the field, because you have to talk to the Raiders every time. Amari Cooper says the Raiders weren't a good fit for me. So this is the exact quote he was saying. He said, whatever the circumstances may be, there are certain reasons why one place might not work for a guy another place will. I think the change of scenery was really necessary. I really honestly don't think if I would have stayed with the Raiders last season that I would have been able to flourish and reach some heights that I was able to reach as a Cowboy. It was definitely necessary. Is this just, is he throwing shade at the Raiders or is he praising the Cowboys or is he just being honest and saying sometimes a change of scenery is helpful? I got to think Cooper's just being brutally honest. I think he's just one of those guys that, you know, and and maybe, you know, maybe that just wasn't the circuit. Maybe it's Derek Carr. It's not all Gruden. I I don't know. But there's sometimes that it just doesn't fit for a player. And how you utilize the player skill, you know, is really important. But he surprised me. I got to be the first to tell you. When he went down to Dallas and started to play better, it it really surprised me. He clearly was – I mean, I I was like, oh, shoot, this is the much better player than he was for the Raiders. And that's the always things that were you when you trade a guy and you don't really know what you're trading you know it's one thing to trade a guy get rid of a guy next thing he doesn't really pan out for the other team like when we traded Trent Richardson like I, I can still remember my son was on the 49ers and Vic Fangio was a defense coordinator and Vic Fangio went in and told my son your dad's an idiot for trading Rich, <laughs> Trent Richardson you yeah. know and, 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 and like I never really felt like that was ever going to come back and haunt me like I never thought that whereas some of these you just worry about yeah, and you can tell with Mario Cooper and the Raiders, it's different. Speaking of stuff that will haunt you, here's the Chris Simmons completing his list of top 40 quarterbacks. So we went through it last time a little bit, but there's – listen, Eli Manning is 34th. He's ahead of Ryan Fitzpatrick, RG3, <laughs> Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Colt McCoy, Tyrod Taylor. If I'm any of those guys, Mike, I go, here's my bulletin board material. Chris Sims thinks Eli Manning's better than me at 34. I mean, I, look, I lo- I'm, a, I'm the president of the Sean Watson fan club, but there's no way he's better than Tom Brady. Like, there's no way. Like, there's no way Cam Newton, Matt Ryan. Like, I think Roethlisberger is so inconsistent. I mean, Andrew Luck is a really nice – Russell Wilson, three. Did anybody watch Seattle's passing game last year? They could run the ball, but Russell Wilson couldn't throw it from the pocket. You know, look, Aaron, I think what Christopher does with this list is he just – it's all arm strength for Christopher. It's all about arm strength. And I think, to me – Brady at nine, look, I think there's some throws that Brady misses, don't get me wrong, but he can't be nine. Like, there's no way I'm taking I'm taking Andrew Luck over Brady. There's just no way. What about Carson Wentz? I think Carson Wentz, when he plays and he's healthy like he did the year they went to the Super Bowl, to me, he's a top five player. Okay. So what you're telling me is, is here's what Christopher's saying, is there's only five blue chippers in the league, right? Mm-hmm. And those are blue chip guys. They and Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson, Luck, and Watson are blue chip. Meanwhile, Brady, who's won seventy four games the last five years as the quarterback, okay, he's not a blue chip player. Tough one to swallow. Yeah, I mean, you're basically, you know, to me, and, and I get the balls it takes to put Brady nine, but it doesn't really. It's one thing to have. It's like you know, sometimes I can't tell my courage from my desperation. This looks a little more desperate than it does courageous. 
This is perfect timing, speaking of balls, because when we talked about Durant's injury, you said, here's the takeaway for me. Not what happens in the series, not about the Warriors. Who's got the balls to give him the, the max contract? The Warriors offered the max, Durant turned it down, and everyone goes, oh my God, he picked the Nets or the Knicks. And what's it come down to? James Dolan did not want to give him the max. He said, I'm not going to pay four years, $160 million for a guy who's going to miss a year, and he's going to be 32 years old, coming off an Achilles injury, which history shows these guys never do recover. So I got to be honest with you, Mike, I, I hate to be the guy praising the Knicks, and maybe they screwed it up. I don't know. I'm going to ask you this, but I looked at it and I go, man, the Nets just committed $300 million to one guy. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, Mike, is a, is a guy who's inconsistent shooter who thinks the world is flat, and the other guy is 32 coming off a ruptured Achilles. What was your take on Durant, Kyrie, all this NBA stuff? And, and then DeAndre Jordan hasn't played well in two years. <laughs> right. And they gave, him 40 million. they gave him 40 million. <laughs> and, and of course, they're getting A's all over. To me, my reaction of NBA free agency is all the A's are probably D. Absolutely. You know, it's like the people just get too caught up in this. Here's the thing that blows me away about the NBA is the media gets all over the NFL teams for the preseason games, for bootlegging them. And and that's fucking right. There's no way we should charge top dollar to watch, you know, five rookie quarterbacks play. But okay, I just gave I give 160 million. I'm going to give 200 million to Kevin Durant, and he's only going to play. Even when he's healthy, he's only going to play 60 games. Like at what point? Like at what point did the only like the the the, the NBA say, wait a minute? I, I as a fan, if I go to a Sixer game, they play 41 home games, right? Mm-hmm. There's probably Embiid's going to miss 10 of them. So now, do they have the Embiid package where you get refunded when he doesn't play? <laughs> it's like flex scheduling, yeah. Is it just pot luck that he's not going to? Because, you know, the big thing in the NBA is rest, right? we got to mm-hmm. rest the guys. Well, yeah, like the commissioners, thing. he's pushing for a 50 because you know why? Nobody's written this column. The reason he's pushing for it is because he's waiting for the backlash of all of the fans saying, like, this is bullshit. I paid top dollar for a ticket, and, you know, Clay Thompson's not playing tonight, and this guy's not playing. Like, I didn't. it would be like me going to see network and brian cranston not not perform and the reason isn't that brian cranston is the flu it's just that he needed rest <laughs> yeah but but if you read brian cranston's commentary he's like look i'm i owe it to the people in the seats yes. they pay 200 dollars a ticket i gotta whether i'm dying or not i gotta if a lungs barfed up i gotta come out it's the same thing like how is it how are they get like i'm all for them getting all this money they're entertainers and they deserve it but yep. at some point it would be like celine dion saying okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do a a, a residency in caesar's palace but i'm only i'm gonna miss 10 games a week <laughs> okay how do you do that it's honestly cal ripkin must be losing his mind 2006 there are 32 baseball games for the orioles it's like hey, don't take a day off show up just like you said even the, uh, there's a factory worker in like allentown he just shows up every day he does his job lunch pail guys like what what does Kawhi Leonard need the rest for here's the other thing how about your sixers jimmy butler's gone you, what, what are you feeling right i saw your tweet the other day you go i honestly have no idea what the sixers are doing <laughs> it's scary I, I didn't know i had no idea i think what they clearly made a decision is they can only sign three players they got him beat under contract they made a decision to go with tobias harris which i like tobias harris as a player i'm not in love with them i thought they needed jimmy butler's toughness i really did I think they made the best of a bad situation. I like the Al Horford signing for a couple reasons. I think they need somebody. I think Barkley put it best. All these moves the Sixers made come down to two things. Embiid getting in shape and Simmons improving. 
if those two things happen, no matter who they surround them with, they're going to be a really good team because right. those two guys are really talented players. They're not great players. They're talented players that have the potential to be unlimited if they play. And if Embiid ever got in shape, they could be dynamic. And I think what they're counting on is Al Horford for two years to figure out, okay, he's going to help this kid become a better a professional, become more responsible, you know, and, you know, and they got to count that Simmons comes back. I mean, look, I, I, I give them credit. I, I think the way you got to work these things is you got to see where the, the shifting's going. And you can't always just fall in love with one way to do it. It's if you just say, okay, we can only a decision has to go A or B, you're screwed up. There's a thing in, in business management called false duality. It's when you think there's only A or B to a solution. And if you're a good general manager or not, you you think of A, B, C, D, E. And I think I give the Sixers credit for trying to find the D and the E. Now, whether it works out, I don't know. They're strapped. They better hope like hell that Embiid's in shape, and they better hope that Simmons improves. Speaking of A, B, Cs, and Ds, as I say, Michael Jordan has never been an A as a front office guy, as an owner. And now Kemba Walker, who's his best player, now goes to the Boston Celtics. So Michael and Jordan they get is, nothing for him. They got nothing for the guy. He's their best player. He's the one guy you would have known. Who's in Charlotte? Oh, they got Kemba Walker still? Yeah. And he's gone now. Brutal. I, you know, that's what I don't get about the NBA is like they just like I understand this whole sign and trade crap. I get the player. Like I, I would say this. There's no way I would have as an executive given Jimmy Butler five years. There's no way. But you had to know you weren't giving Jimmy Butler five years before you traded for him. Right. Right. Now, I, I don't I'm not one of those people that think the Sixers overpaid for Butler because I don't. I think giving up Covington and Sarich was Really, like they got Josh, they got Josh Richardson back. I mean, he's a nice player, but they traded to me. They paid a lot for Tobias Harris, Landry Shamit, the guy that's doing a hell of a job, are the Clippers. And if they get Kawhi, which I don't know if they will or not, yeah. but if they get him, it's everybody in the league that I'm friends with in the NBA tell me Kawhi's going to the Lakers. But the, even if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, what team do they have? Now there's another team. You get Laker season tickets, right? Mm -hmm. LeBron's going to miss twenty. Yep. Anthony Davis, sorry, he's going to miss a few games. Uh, and Kawhi Kawhi's on a 50-game schedule, right? 60 games? 60 the most, tops, right? tops. Yeah, I'm taking 20 games off. And All they right, have so nobody else. You got three guys in that team. We have nobody else on the team. How, is this, how does this work? Well, here's the other part of it, too. Here's why you should love the NFL, why you should love baseball, why you should love hockey, and why, quite frankly, I think you'd be down on the NBA. There's only three teams. There's three yeah. teams, all the good players. So why the hell would I want to watch this? I, I, I honestly think Adam Seller have a real issue, Mike, on a day-to-day -day basis. You and I watch football. Anything can happen. You really feel that. Any team can win. In basketball, of course, it's not going to happen. Of course it's not. I mean, I think the sleeper team, if I had money, I would bet Utah. I think Utah's done a nice job and free agency. I think Utah, Mike Conley, I think they've added some nice pieces to their team. I think they're a sleeper team. But I'm like with you. I, like, I don't understand it all the time what they're trying to accomplish. Right. I do think that sometimes these guys in the NBA, they, they're, they're so preoccupied with – with the matchups that they don't always, they don't always add, not the matchups. They, they're just so they're like trading cards. Yeah. Like who has mental toughness? Right. Like where are we getting our toughness from? Yeah. And you're right. And you're focusing on star power. I'm telling you right now, I'll be astonished if Durant's the same player he was right now. Because I history, will too. Right? History has shown those guys are never the same guys. I, I've never seen guys come back from Achilles. And, you know, now look, one of the reasons Durant signed with Brooklyn and, and uh, Irv is apparently Brooklyn has this unbelievable medical science lab going on in their building. Mm -hmm. Like the players, like I think Golden State, like I think this Iguodala injury has affected their, their medical. I think that, that you know, whether Boogie Cousins doesn't get a contract, maybe that. I think there's some issues there, but I think the medical in, in at the Nets was one of the reasons why.
Yeah. Warriors get D'Angelo Russell now, too. So nice move from them as Clay Thompson be out till March. All right, I think that's a great move for them. I mean, look, the one thing I got to give the guy credit for, for the Bob Myers of the Warriors, is at least he saw, he tried to get it, he got an asset back in Russell. And how about your boy Wojo? Was Wojo on fire? Unbelievable. Like, literally, he's just tweeting like a firestorm, and he's got every single major story. And I think kind of like how you're doing like with The Athletic, I think he was like dictating the stories to ESPN.com. Like, he was like on three different platforms. He was on SportsCenter. Yeah. He's writing articles, and he's tweeting. I mean, and really, the poor guy should have been on the show. I mean, Rachel Nichols, and they had all those people on there. And you're just wondering, like, again, at some point, we got to figure out a way to cover it. Because who? everybody was going to Twitter. Nobody was watching their show. No, you're right. They were actually on. It was literally like watching four people look at Twitter and <laughs> reacting to it. We, you know? <laughs> Looking at their phones. Oh, Woj just tweeted this. Another Woj bomb. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of bombs july 4th coming up i hope you have a wonderful time you and your family barbecue etc we want to talk about joey chestnut i've met this guy a couple times he's unbelievable mike he's actually in good shape and i said how could this possibly be you're the competitive hot dog eating champion you've eaten 57 hot dogs in a row at coney island how is he in good shape but he was telling me he goes honestly i'm a a prolific runner i said i hope so otherwise you'd be 300 pounds so he runs all the time distance etc and i said do you fast going into this he's like no i eat more to get prepared for it the bottom line is this i said how bad is that moment when you go to the bathroom like i just want to know 57 hot dogs he goes oh he goes like that because that whole week it's just purging like it's just does he throw up does he force himself to throw up he does he says you know and i said god man that's like an eating disorder that's brutal and he's like honestly at times you got to get out of your system it's just too much food so in that moment yeah he goes just to get it out 57 hot dogs you know and i'm wondering like how do you sit there on a couch one day and say you know i'm going to challenge joey chestnut like (laughs) how do you do like i'm a fat guy i like hot dogs like how do you do that Like, how do you do that? Like, if you and I right now said, okay, competitive hot dog eating champion, best case, best case, how many hot dogs are you eating? Six, eight, ten? Like, best amount of ten? And with the bread? I mean, with the bread? I mean, that'd be impossible. I mean, I like, and Al Davis loved hot dogs more than anybody. Just, 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 just put mustard down the middle. That's all. No, I don't want fucking ketchup mustard. They would have to have mustard down the middle of it. They loved hot dogs. The man, the man lived into his 80s. God bless him. But he loved hot dogs. But like, I don't understand how they do it. Like, and how do you get, and there was a woman that Michelle Lesko, she was like runner up, right? Mm-hmm. How is that possible? Yeah, it's a little bit crazy when there's like a female is involved as well. By the way, Chestnut's odds to win are minus 900. A no is a plus 500. He's an 11-time champion, the heavy favorite to claim his 12th mustard belt. The record, by the way, was 74 hot dogs last year, 10 more than the run-up. You're, you're right. Carmen Cincotti, who will not be participating. The Italian the Italian stallion. He gave up. Saying. He's like, hey, look, if there ain't no sauce, if there's no fennel in these dogs, I'm not fucking eating them. You know, like, like there's no... No way. <laughs> like, I, the thing I love about Vegas is they could set odds on this shit. Like, this is incredible. Like, like have they been watching, like, like Mike Sadu, Mickey Sadu eat hot dogs on the side to check out how he's doing? Like, how do you know? Did Joey tell you, how, how did he get ready for it? Like, did Joey tell you how he got yeah, ready for he, it? He told me, he goes, I would start to eat lots of different things, but bigger portions. I said, what do you mean? Like, just pizza, cake? He goes, no, whatever it was, I would start practicing. So it was just like running a marathon. You got to run eight miles, 10 miles, et cetera. He goes, I would start practicing 10 hot dogs. 20 hot dogs. I said, oh my God. He goes, but you can't do that too much. Because if you start eating 30 hot dogs a day for two weeks before you eat 57, you lose your mind. But I was eating more stuff, but working out like a fiend. So this guy's like working out for 
four hours a day and just eating a ton. I said, God, your parents must be so proud of you. Does he, yeah. Does he go get his cholesterol checked immediately after this? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I said, your health must be. He goes, honestly, the rest of the year, I'm salads. I go, come on. He goes, no, the rest of the year, I'm super healthy. That's why I can do this. I said, I don't know. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, and you know what the tragedy is? I'm going to watch. <laughs> But the gross when they go start, start puking, it's just like, uh, like oh yeah, my like God. they're shoving yeah. them all in. And how do you comment on them? Like, oh look, he's got it on the left side of his mouth. Like, how do you go? Well, that's the thing. You're right. They asked me two years ago. They hey, hey, would you want to do this? And to your point, Mike, I said I don't know how to call that. They go, come on, have fun, entertain God. No, but I really don't know. Like, look at his form. Look at his look at his diaphragm expanding. Like, that's the true gift is the analyst, the play by play guy. Like, you're just calling the action. All right, it's in the mouth. Okay, is larynx, etc. Here we go. But to be an analyst for that. I mean, that's just uh, one day. Joy Chestnut's going to be the analyst. That's where it's going to get to be fun. That's it's going to be the best. Yeah, when he retires, you know, he's going to give up the belt. That's so good, unbelievable. Well, I hope you have a great fourth and Thanks, have a great man. barbecue back up in North Jersey, enjoying it. There's nothing like a Jersey summertime. You've oh. got it now in July. It's perfect, and uh, the weather's been incredible. Ocean City. Speaking of Ocean City, now if you go yeah. up on the boardwalk, they have this huge pizza. And if you can eat the whole thing, you get a free pizza. Like, and I love pizza, bread, gravy, you know, sure. and there's no chance I could do that. So every time I'm looking like, could Joey Chestnut do this? It's remarkable. Yeah. Honestly, I just imagine if you're one of your kids came to you and goes, honestly, dad, I found my calling. And you go, what is it going to be? You want to be a doctor? You want to be a lawyer? You want to be an engineer? Scientist? Actor? Athlete? No, no competitive hot dog eating champion. <laughs> Does he make enough money to live off of it for a year? Yeah. I asked him, give me the money. He goes, I, can't. I go, come on, give it to you. He goes, he goes, I, I make six figures. I said, you make six figures off of one event? He goes, no, no, I enter other ones as well. But I said, you make a six-figure living by eating. He said, yeah. And he goes, to be honest with you, it's actually a little bit, it's pretty good. He goes, once you get endorsements and stuff like that, I said, who who is signing you to a deal? Nike signing him to a deal. <laughs> Nathan's dogs. Look, I only eat sabrettes. <laughs> it's great, man. All right, we'll see you next time. GM Shuffle, subscribe, rate, review. Thank you. Thanks, buddy.